0: Hey guys, it's Hall here. Uh, I finally decided to do a podcast. I know I kind of teased this a while ago. Uh, I think like the second week of January, I was going to do it. And then I got lazy and ended up not doing it. So I decided today would be a good day to finally do this podcast. Uh, I have some questions that you guys have sent in. Some of them are older questions. Some of them are a little newer. Um, So I'm going to try to answer all of them. To start off, I'm just going to say, hey, I'm Hall Monitor, also known as uh, the player I Love Gimme. Uh, a terrible name, thanks to thanks to Scorp. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm stuck with it now for the rest of my life, and that's just what I have to do. But at least I'm glad that there is a gimme that actually made it to the league and is actually good, unlike you know real gimme who's just trash and stuck in a DSFL forever and doesn't even start half the time. And when he does, he's just a joke of a quarterback. So, uh, but basically, I'm a defensive end for the Philadelphia Liberty. Uh, I'm a terrible defensive end. I've been in the league for four years and haven't even sniffed a Pro Bowl. Never even got a vote. Uh, Don't even think I have 20 sacks in my career. Probably don't have 20 tackles for loss. Uh, Never been to the playoffs, so that'd be fun to do one day. Um, I'm also the GM of the Philadelphia Liberty, for those of you that don't know. And for those prospects that are coming through, hopefully we draft you. If not, then uh, hopefully your team isn't better than mine. So uh now one thing i can say some of these questions that were asked are kind of based on how much i like a rookie and how much i don't like a rookie and with the draft currently going on as i'm recording this i don't want to say anything too much i don't want to get in trouble with ho again um so basically i'm gonna try to answer these questions in the best way possible without giving away anything from the draft and if you really want to know that badly just uh wait till next friday and you'll know everything you need to know for the draft. So to start off questions, we got one from my boy Jeffy. Uh, he said, you're obviously GM teams at multiple levels in this league. Which one do you have more fun doing and why? That's a really tough hitting question because GMing a DSFL team versus NSFL team are two completely different worlds. A DSFL GM, you're basically there for your players 100%. You know, your your goal is to make sure these new players entering this league see you first and they see the experience you give them. So at the beginning of the beginning of their career, all they know is what you show them. So obviously you want to win. That's the goal for everybody is you want to go out there and win, but you want to keep these guys around. You want to keep guys active. So you want to have a fun locker room experience. And that was one thing that I really wanted to push, especially coming from a team that had three actives at the time with me, Frost and our boy Christmas cow. So when Frost took over, when we took over, when they were Palm Beach at the time, it was a dead locker room. There was nobody there. We were fighting contraction. We didn't think we'd be a team in two seasons. We rebranded, basically revamped the locker room and turned it into what Myrtle Beach is today. So you newer prospects that are seeing Myrtle Beach, that's kind of a creation of what Frost and I did. And then Corey took over for me when I moved up and really, really turned it into something special and a place that people really want to go to, people want to play for. So that's one thing I love at the DSFL level is seeing these fresh faces, seeing these new players every season and seeing their experience when they first get into the league. I remember being a rookie and everything was new and confusing, but it was fun. And, you know, you met really cool people that you really wanted to hang out with. And that was one thing I missed being as a DSFL GM because you were just drafting people you wanted to hang out with. There wasn't any money involved. There wasn't positions of need. TP really wasn't that huge. You were just looking for people that you knew you could hang out with. But for the NSFL, I can say it's also fun in a different way. It is fun managing the money side of it and looking like, Uh, Yeah, we would love to have this player, but we don't have $6 million to throw at him or $8 million to throw at him or $12 million to throw at him or $22 million to throw at him if we're certain teams looking at certain running backs. So NSFL is really fun because everybody wants their stats. Everybody wants to be a Hall of Fame worthy player. And the best way to become this Hall of Fame worthy player is obviously by playing so you're not gonna go and take up five running backs like you might do in the dsfl or seven safeties and try to get them all playing time because it's not is realistically it's not going to happen even if you could afford it getting all those guys equal playing time and that's one thing we struggle with in philly we do currently have three running backs three amazing running backs that we have to find playing time for all of them and it's kind of a balance it's it's Looking at, we want to get Torrens in his touches. He's a he's a future Hall of Fame running back. We want to keep we want to keep making sure that he stays on that track and he's putting up his huge thousand plus yard seasons. And we also have Farley Hank, who is a amazing running back as well. He's a real powerful runner that we bring in on a lot of our third down runs, and he's great at pushing the line and powering through at the end zone. And then we got Fuzzy, and Fuzzy has been a gem to have on the team, mostly because he'll do whatever we ask of him. He's a running back true to his core, but he has been a pass catcher mostly for us in his in his first few seasons. Playing a lot of slot receiver and some tight end. and he, he has been a machine catching the ball, especially this last season. It might not have been a huge season you'd expect out of a lot of people, but for him to step up the way he did, especially at the end of the season during our, our playoff run that we were shooting for, it seemed like he was getting six, seven catches a game, and that's something you can't replace. Yeah, everyone says go for a, go for a wide receiver, go for a wide receiver. You'll see better stats, but Fuzzy was consistent. Fuzzy got the job done. Fuzzy scored touchdowns, and that's something we couldn't we couldn't pass up. So when it comes to saying which one's more fun, it's really what you're looking for. You know, it, I would definitely say it's fun. as our DSFL and work your way up because you see the team building aspect in the DSFL or NSFL. It's taking that team building, taking that friendships you build and taking that, connections you make with these rookies and actually plugging them into a scheme and making sure everyone gets paid and it makes you can afford a decent offensive line at the end of the day. So they're both fun and they're different ways. So I really couldn't choose one to say which one is more fun. So now question two from Jeffy. You're someone who makes fantastic edits, which one's your favorite and why? Uh First off, thank you. Uh, I'm just kind of throwing things together so Noka doesn't yell at me and tell me how terrible my edits are and to buy a computer so I can actually get Photoshop instead of just using my free little app. But my favorite edits are always the jokier meme edits. You know, it's fun making the, the real cool looking ones and people want to show off, but there's nothing better than just making fun of a person and making fun of their player. And the one person that I've, I've loved doing the most has been Corey with, his, with Casey Dream. He has seven different SIGs, as everyone can see on the forums, his little wall of SIGs. And every one of his are joke ones that I basically made, making fun of him and other CVs in the DSFL through his career. And those are the most, they're just fun. You know, you just go out there. It doesn't matter if you got got every single thing filled in perfectly, every color swap perfectly, every logo hidden perfectly. It's just fun to actually go out there and make something fun, makes people laugh all right question three from jeffy how the fuck do you post memes so quickly it's all in your heart jeff i've said it before it's all in your heart you see something that happens you see something funny you just gotta meme it you know you gotta go out there you see it happening you get your template ready you throw the words on there you post it it's all you gotta do jeff you just gotta believe number four from jeffy because he decided to ask me a whole questionnaire like i'm going for a job interview do you have any advice for a dsfl rookie trying to get drafted early into the nsfl yeah don't go IA. uh if you just basically show up every day you'll get drafted uh everyone gets drafted so you getting drafted anything fancy jeffy i want you to know that and honestly i'm really surprised anyone's drafting you higher than the fifth round just because of you changing your name halfway through the season and me not knowing that prince vegeta is also jeffy so uh not changing your name halfway through the season and confusing people is one way to get drafted but for you real rookies out there that really are listening to this and want some actual helpful information, first off, don't listen to me because I'm terrible at giving information. But if you're really trying to get drafted, that's the big thing is just being there every day or as much as you can, at least, and just checking in, you know, talking in your locker room, doing your basic updates, even if it's just an activity check once a week, doing your updates, talking, enjoying, hanging out with people. And that's really the biggest thing for getting drafted. People look at TPE, yeah, they want to see you earn. But if you're there and you're fun to talk to, you'll get a team and you'll get a team fast. Number five from Jeffy. What's been your favorite moment in the league so far and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say all my failed playoff runs were probably pretty fun. Uh, My favorite moment in the league, it, it was probably doing the rebranding of Myrtle Beach and seeing it come to life and not just being a wasteland that was getting contracted every three years. Working with Frost and bringing in guys that were really fun to talk to, really fun to have around, and watching that locker room grow, watching Myrtle Beach turn into this powerhouse that it is. Even if I haven't been involved and I've kind of just stepped back and just hung out in the locker room, that's got to be my favorite moment. It's got to be watching Myrtle Beach go from this joke team of Palm Beach that had three actives, had a tight end a kicker and an offensive lineman, turn into this powerhouse that's written to the ultimate this year, so I, I love watching the, what they've turned into Number 6 from Jeffy, who's your favorite S21 rookie, and why is it me? Now Jeff, I think you were the first person that I really talked to from this S21 class and you, you, know, you took on the grandson role, but watching you grow to someone more into the league where you were just one there joking around having fun and watching you take over these jobs and getting more involved getting more interested and really making your mark on this league in such a short time has been amazing to watch so i'm not going to say you're my favorite just because i don't want to spoil anything in the draft and who my real favorite might actually be if it's you or not but you're definitely up there as one of the best s21 prospects and people in this league in general Number seven from Jeffy and his final question. Not really a question, but Illy, and I hope you have a great day, Gramps. All right. Well, that's not really a question, but thank you, uh, Jeffy and, uh, uh, Illy too. And you have a good day, grandson. All right. Next is coming from Dylan, JJJ37. These are older questions, so I don't even know if I've seen Dylan talk in a while, but what are your thoughts on former goat kicker, Gabe Gabriel Johnson? Uh, Gabe was the goat. That was the goat leg. I mean, he—he, he, my man had a boot. He just kicked field goals for days. So I mean, can't be better than that. It was—it was basically you had Frostbite, he had Baxter Frost, a real goat kicker. Then you had Gabriel Johnson and one and two right there. You know that—that as that, Goskowski and Vinatieri right there. Number two from Dan, Dylan. What are your thoughts on Darnell Johnson of the Portland Pythons? Uh he's a good dude. I don't remember 100% because I got a bad memory, and there's like 5,000 prospects right now. So, uh, Donnell's pretty good dude. He was a good guy. He was he was all right. He played for Portland, you know. So, he's a Portland guy, I guess. You know, I'm an I'm MB. I'm a Myrtle Beach boy, you know, MB Best B, down to my core. And I knew you hung around every now and again. I knew you were there. I saw you in Myrtle Beach, but he's an all right guy. At number three from Dylan, how much do Thor, Kirkby, and Silver Banana suck? I'm pretty sure... Thor... might be the better one of you you three. I mean, Silver Banana, heck of a kicker. But Thor... Thor is going to be a linebacker of the future for a team. I know that was one thing. He was stuck in the DSFL for a little bit because he was behind all of Colorado's ridiculous defensive fronts that they've built and they... But I think Thor, I think he's going to be a guy that we're talking about linebacker of the year every year going forward. So I think, I think Dylan, I think you suck, buddy. Number four from Dylan. If Jeffrey was about to eat Bagel, why would Bagel die or kill Jeffrey? These are the only options. All right. So Jeffrey's eating Bagel because Bagel looks delicious. But that's the thing about this. was Jeffrey goes to bite Bagel, he's Bagel in the mouth. Bagel throws his lava emojis out there. Jeffrey's mouth is on fire. Jeffrey dies. Bagel goes on top, gives him a ghost hug, and it's all over with. And Dylan's fifth question, Dylan, question mark. Dylan, indeed, Dylan. All right, next is coming from Saba. Who is the biggest meme in the league, and why is it me? Saba, you are a huge lead, lead meme. You are known everywhere for your choose and for you being just late to everything. But I think the biggest meme in the league, if we're being a thousand percent correct, it's probably Duck. All right. No one talks about what you did that one day in general and how you basically had the whole league turn against you. So you got some room to step up. All right. Number two from Saba. What provoked the idea of position switching from a tight end to a defensive end? So this is one I've been asked every single day of my life since I became a defensive end is why did I let down the TE? Gang. Why did I change over? Was it was it because I wanted to raise my draft stock, or or was it because I didn't like my stats, or I didn't think I thought I sucked? And the biggest reason I changed to defensive end is when I was talking through scouting, Philly basically came to me and said, "We're drafting you. You know, it's it, you're not falling past us. You are going to be the new GM of Philly. We're taking you at number two. That's in a discussion, and we're going to want you to play defensive end." so at that point i knew tight end was done we weren't making the playoffs in palm beach because we only won like four games that year and it was just to save money you know i knew i'll change the defensive end why wait until after the draft when i had to pay my four million dollars when i had my free dsfl position switch so basically after i heard that i knew philly wasn't passing on me nola wasn't taking me over Issa, so it was just the point of if i'm going to be a defensive end Palm Beach's season's over. I'm just going to go ahead and make my change and call it that. I mean, everyone says I tried to raise my draft stock up from eight to two or second round to a first round. But at the end of the day, Philly had already told me I was coming there to be their future GM. I could have been a kicker at that point. They were taking me to be their future GM. So I just went ahead and made the change. Sabah's third question. Who is better? Gimme, Trey Bacon, or Jack Mayhoff? Well... Trey Bacon is the legend. May he rest in peace wherever he is, being a monster in the NSFL, the defensive line. Uh, Jack Mayhoff, I I know there was a trade for him. He was the best 69th overall pick in the history of the league. I really don't know where his career spiraled to now. Give me straight trash, so I don't even know why he's in this debate. But if we're really saying who's better, there's no one better than the great Philip Helmet. That man took... 50 TPE wide receivers no offensive line, no weapons at all and led the DSFL in passing yards his rookie year as a 50 TPE scrambling quarterback I mean no one gets better than that no one's better than Helmet. no one's better than the Palm Beach legend himself that walked into Portland and beat Portland to knock away one a from Tijuana Saba's so fourth and final question, what food combos are sins? I'm going to say this, I know I probably got some some people in here that are going to disagree with this but anybody that makes scrambled eggs puts them on their plate real nice and real beautiful and just looking so delicious and then squirts a lob of ketchup next to it to put in their eggs is just there's probably the worst person in the world I don't know what made you think oh yeah I'm gonna ruin my breakfast with some ketchup I need some, some really red sugary tomatoes with my eggs I mean that's that's a sin. And anybody that does that is probably the most disgusting person I've ever met in my life. Alright, Bacon Brother, my boy Mercy. Thoughts on S18 now that we have that well we have gone through some bumps in the road. S18 probably has taken some real big shots. We, we, we have taken a lot of big name people that have either John IA disappeared completely, been banned. It, we've we've definitely seen some ups and downs, especially that, that f- those first two rounds. There were some real big-name guys that we thought would be the future of not only the league, but at least of our, our class that have just disappeared. And that's one thing I can say with S18. We came in hot. We came in rioting. We came in being active, writing media like crazy to the point they had to hire more media graders, which were S18 players. And we took over jobs. A lot of us are, still are in jobs. We have the Oco boys with Laser and Rev, who have been nailing it right now in S18. Uh, we have Fuzzy, who was taken, and, and Bagel. They were both together in Tijuana DS- as DSFL GMs. So we have Frost over there is also GM. And we have all kinds of these guys. Franchi even. Franchi, everyone thought Franchi was gone. Everyone thought he was nowhere to be seen. He disappeared. Then he came back with a vengeance. Came back hot. Was in every chat room. Talking to everybody. Getting the hype again from S18. Takes over as the DSFL streamer. Nails the job. Then he, Now he takes over and he builds this new team. With the London Royals. Which i really excited to see their future go. And it's, it's just amazing how... S18's really got the highs and lows. We've got some players that are in great positions. We got Bex as the commissioner of the league. So we have all these great S18 people that have gone on and done amazing things. And then we just have those that cancel out, that have been banned, that have done some bad things, that have just completely disappeared, especially big names we didn't expect. So we've, we've hit our bumps, but I think we still are leaving our mark on the league. We've still got a lot of people that are out there Really, really nailing it. I mean, even Murty, you asked the question. He's got all kinds of jobs. He's running things. He's a monster with YKW right now. I mean, he's he's just nailing it. I mean, we're all all of us that are still here are doing our best, and we're trying to make our mark on the league. And it, it's amazing to see that even through all the bad, we're still fighting for the good. Murty's second question: favorite and least favorite moment as MB and Philly GM. Ooh, Mercy! With the hard-hitting questions. Um, hmm. Least favorite moment? I'll go with that one because I feel like that one's kind of easier to nail. Is probably all the drama we've had the past season, two seasons. That's been, it's been been hard trying to fight through. We have we lost some players going through that. You know, big name guys that just weren't feeling the drama, or were involved in the drama, or started the drama. And it's it's kind of hard when you see these guys that you bring in you have in that you get close to you expect to be with you for you know the future for a long time at least and they're just gone that's got to be the hardest part is when you see somebody that's so excited to be in the league just walk away one day or you know just quit replying or slowly fade out that's that's got to be the hardest thing of being a gm at any level is having someone so active just leave you know, it's, and it happens to every team. It's not a Philly or Myrtle Beach thing. It happens to everybody. You'll see these people that come in full of energy, ready to go, and then life happens or something happens in the league, some kind of shakeup, and they just fade out. And that's rough. It really is rough to just try to soak all that in, especially when it happens to multiple people at one point in time. And you see a very active locker room get less active because these guys that were interacting every day walk away. But now my favorite moment as Myrtle Beach, Philly's GM. Ooh, favorite moment. It it would probably... It would have to be getting Franchi back. I don't know what it was that finally drew him back in. But seeing him come back and come back into Philly and being himself again and being happy and getting the locker room going... We had we have great guys in Philly's locker room that are always there hyping us up. You know, we got Fuzzy always there, is always there. We got Ford and Slim, obviously, Torrenson's there. We got Frost who's there, even though he decided to retire on us. We got all of these great names. We brought in Wayne Halyan now. You know, we, we've got all these big name people that are always there, active, pumping the locker room up, getting people going. But when Franchi walked back into the door, it was like a whole new world for Philly. It, it, it was like getting our son back, you know. He went off to war and he came back and now he's got all of his stories. And he was just ready to party. And that was that's probably my happiest moment. It's not only him getting back, but it, the surprise that he got. Because he didn't even know I was the GM anymore. So I asked him a question about, hey, do you want to finally get called up? And he's like, no, I don't want to get called up. I don't think I'm ready. I don't want to do this. da. da, da, da. And comes out a year later when we finally do call him up when he's ready, that's when he finally realized that I was the GM. So when he told me he wasn't ready, he didn't know he was talking to the GM of Philly. He thought he was just talking to me. So that his realization going through all of that when he came back and who the actual GM was and what was going on was probably the funniest moment I've ever had in this league. Seeing him come back with so much surprise and so much joy really blew me away. Mercy's third question. What do you see as your Player's arc, and what do you plan on recreating as? Ah, uh, my player. I was really hoping with my player, which started as Zach Hall and turned into I Love Gimme. I was really hoping that I could be a cornerstone defensive player. You know, a player that was up there every year for Pro Bowl votes and was helping lead the team to the playoffs. And unfortunately, I haven't had that yet. I'm really hoping that I can have my finally have a breakout and a turnaround and finally get to that level that i was expecting to be at um i'm not saying it will happen because i mean as long as the team's doing good i'm, I'm okay you know i might have the worst stats on the team but if we're winning we're good to the playoffs i don't care i can have one tackle all season i'll be happy with that but i would love to be more help to the team even if that says i have to go somewhere else Even if i've got defensive tackle instead of defensive end move inside or something else that helps team grow and get better that's what I'm to be I want to be a player that's that's there my whole career in Philly and helping them win even if I'm not putting up those crazy hall of fame stats I'm still there helping bring Philly to where it wants to be and where it needs to be but what I do as recreating as I'd love to go back to the offense I started as a tight end and I don't know if I'd go back to tight end exactly maybe wide receiver maybe running back maybe even quarterback but I would just love to go back to the offense and Try to put up those numbers I planned on. I'd never scored a touchdown as a tight end. I went a whole DSFL season, never once got into the end zone. Didn't even get in the end zone in the Prospect Bowl. I would love to finally be on the offense and start scoring some touchdowns, just to see what that feels like, just to have that excitement. So that's probably what I would do if I'm if when I do finally decide to recreate. I think I'm head to the offense. Murty's last question: Two favorite things about Finland. Well, number one's you, Murty. You're the best. You are my you are my Finland ambassador everything I learned about Finland I'm learning for you or about you you know it's amazing (laughs) the things that through this league I have now become Finland number one you know I'm gonna be there next world baseball classic I don't know if Finland makes it because I don't know if they're good at baseball or not I'm gonna be there or the next world cup something I'm cheering for team Finland Um, my second favorite thing is probably that weird baseball sport Finland plays where it's like baseball but there's no outs and there's no bases and they kind of hit a rock with like a giant stick and run backwards and stuff like i don't know if fin- <laughs> explained it to me once it's some weird baseball they play in finland and it's just nuts it is insane i don't know what it's called it's some finnish name it's got a bunch of little accents above the letters it's probably something i couldn't pronounce because i don't have the right accent but it it's crazy and i don't know what it is but it looks fun it really looks fun so you're going to tell me how to play that mercy Alright, my next question is from Frostbite, and he just copied Jeff's question and said, Who's your favorite S21 rookie, and why is it me? Well, first off, Frost, you left us. You, you left Philly. We thought you were going to be our boy, our kicker, but you made a made a cornerback, and we were really pumped because, hey, we got some old guys in the secondary. We could use a corner, and then near the end of the season, we're getting close to the draft, and you decide, hey, by the way, I'm a running back now, so why'd you go and do us like that, Frost? You know, you're my boy. You gotta go make a running back. I mean, you'll probably be an amazing running back wherever you go. You know, I'm excited to see how your career pans out. But you went and did Philly Dirty, my man. <laughs> you know. I'm No, I, I, no you, you're really, frost. you are one of the first people I met after I got into a locker room. It was just us two, basically, starting as two kids didn't know what we were doing. Made our own fake locker room because we never got invited to the real locker room. So, I... You know, wherever you do, Frost, we can both be kicker bros together, offensive line bros together. Whatever you do, I'm always going to be Team Frost. You know, and if three, four, five, eight seasons down the line, we we loop back around after all of our running backs are retired or gone, if I got to bring you back in, I'd love to, Frost. Or maybe you decide not to be a running back anymore, and that'd also be helpful too. All right. So next question is from Deadly Player, my boy Franchi. Who's your favorite new DSFL GM? And why is it me? Oh, hands down. Hands down. You and Duke have gotta be an amazing combo. I know you guys have just started, you know, haven't really done it, you haven't done a draft yet, haven't started sim testing. I don't know what your guys' season is gonna look like being a completely fresh team, but I love that duo and I love that you two are gonna be running this team, and I think that locker room is gonna be amazing. I I'm in there now, I kinda of peek in every now and again. You're talking to these new prospects. And it's going to be amazing. I'm excited. I love the the, the new rebrand. I'm excited. You two are going to be great. You know, I love my Beach Boys. I love Frost and Corey, but I'm really excited to see what you two do. Franchie's second question. On a more serious note, given all the recent league drama, how do you think of the NSFL recovers? Do they need more specific rules in place or is it inevitable? All right, Franchie. I thought we were going to be able to avoid all this drama talk, but you wanted to go and make it serious. So biggest thing with all this drama it's gonna it's gonna happen you know you get a bunch of people that are online that are basically anonymous you're gonna get drama someone's gonna say something someone's gonna do something there's gonna be some kind of argument some kind of fight it's gonna happen i mean i fight in gm chat every day over stupid rules or wordings or things i don't like because it's fun you know it's it's fun to argue these dumb things i probably got an argument this morning over draft timers you know it's 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 just who I am. It's what I do. I like to argue, you know, and I, and things that I might see a loophole, which kind of started all this was the loophole drama, uh, which it's a, different, it's a different thing for a different day, you know, but the uh, NSFL is going to have drama. It's had drama since its creation. There's been the drama between multis, the drama between people running things, the way people didn't like it. You know, it, it, there's always going to be drama in this league. It's what everything revolves around. It's what people revolve around. They love to argue. They love to see drama. So there's people out there that are going to stir the pot. They're going to say, hey, what about this? You know, hey, so-and-so said this. Hey, let's talk about this. And that's just, that's what people are. You know, we're, we're going to fight about things. People bring up stuff all the time. I mean, Butters gets brought up every time someone mentions tampering. And that happened two, three seasons ago. People don't drop things. You know, it's just, Bex is going to be seen as, the commissioner caught up in this and it it, it wouldn't matter if it was Bex it could have been anybody it's going to be something that even 10 seasons from now when half of us are gone don't remember what happened people are going to bring it up that's what people do you know people brought up all the time Michael Vick's little dog fighting thing you know there's there's things like this that follow your life not saying that what Bex did is compared to dog fighting but that it's that same kind of idea every time a new rookie comes in there's going to be someone that says hey you know this commissioner she know uh, she got caught with deleting messages so it could have been tampering or, da, 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 or she said some bad things to people da, 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 da. and that's just something that the nsfl has to live with now so bex has to live with now and something that nola's got to live with now you know they got their name drugged drug through it and it's just something that it's gonna happen. It's something you have to accept. I mean, before all this drama happened, Bex was getting attacked for going into free agency, or even recently there was people w- with Run leaving to go to Colorado, and you know, whenever a free agent leaves, they're gonna be attacked by their old team because they feel like there's this loyalty here, and when someone opts out and just walks away, they're gonna be attacked. You know, that's that's something that happens. You know, we're not we're not these professionals getting paid millions of dollars and understand it's a business. We're just people trying to have fun at the end of the day. And we're fans of the sport and of the league. So when someone does walk away, it's like, whoa, why don't you like us? You know, why, why, why aren't we good enough? Why do you think they're so much better than us? So there's going to be that negativity. And the NSFL really can't make rules like you're saying, you know, a specific rule in place. There's no rule to say, hey, don't be a dick. You know, we have the don't be a dick rule, but... It's, it's more of an unwritten rule, you know? You know, we're not, we can't say, hey, you can never become a free agent because your old team might not like it. Or, you know, this team doesn't sign free agents, so we need to make a rule to make sure this team doesn't like free that gets all the free agents. Or, you know, this team's too good, so let's reset the league so the bad teams can be good, you know? There, there People want all these rules to make it so everyone's in this even playing field. I don't know how many times it gets brought up as, we should get rid of O-line bots. You know, that's something it's it's a game yeah it's for fun yeah but if we're gonna be gms and we're gonna be people that are trying to act like we're actual gms you gotta understand how to balance your your cap space you know if we just give everybody the perfect same gms then what are you doing then what is what is you doing as a gm other than getting friends together just drafting people you're not actually balancing these cap space yeah everyone takes the minimum which is always an argued thing of oh everyone takes the minimum the league isn't fun because everyone just takes their one million, two million, three million. Like, yeah people do that there's gonna be people out there forever that do that you know they want their team to win they're loyal to teams they want their team to win that happens i mean tom brady is the best quarterback in all of football the past 20 something years and he takes a joke of a contract compared to other quarterbacks because he just wants to win and he's got a wife that can pay for everything. You know, we don't we try to push this that hey, free agents need to need to start signing for money. Yeah, it would be something cool to see that guys that are 1200 TPE aren't just signing for their basic $6 million or these up and coming superstar running backs aren't taking these basic $4 million contracts or taking these big blockbusters, but the league isn't built for that. As long as you can go out and write a thousand article you know a thousand word article in media or make some graphics for basically more money than your contract there's no way these rules can be set to do this so the NSFL is not gonna fail you know this isn't gonna be something yeah people are gonna hate begs forever hate nola forever you know hate DD forever it's just these things that happen you know it's gonna it's gonna be following forever and it's just at the end of the day It's going to happen. Whatever happens, happens. You know, the league's not going to collapse. The league's been going on since 2017. It's been through its line of drama. It's been able to make it this far. It'll be able to continue keeping it farther. So I don't think this drama that's happening now will do anything that hurts the NSFL going forward. I think it's just something that the league has to deal with. So another one of the incidents is on the the long line of things that's happened. And people will eventually just not care. You know, they'll just be, oh, haha, max Bex tampered, you know, th- you know, but it's not going to be something that the league's going to be shattered over. All right. So we're going to the next question. We're going to something less serious. We got Frick who said, why is Gimmy the goat? First off, I hate all of you that are younger than S18 and thinks Gimmy is the goat because Gimmy is trash. All right. I hate my name. I hate Gimmy. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, his second question, do you think we will ever see a better person or a better season than the S19 Norfolk Seawolves? Ooh, S19 Norfolk, that was their, that was the not great season in Norfolk, wasn't it? That was the, you know, there's a lot. <laughs> when it comes to the team's records and teams in general that are good or bad or whatever, you know, it, this league is so its so consistent, yet so random. You know, Austin came out of nowhere. You know, they had slowly been building their team, building their locker room, building their roster. And in this season, blew everyone out the way to win the Ultimus. And Oco, who's been a powerhouse since they became a team, fall, fell in the first round of the playoffs, you know, no one expected it. So with this league... You're going to see some good teams. You're going to see some bad teams. And that's just the way it is. And we're talking about how bad S19 Norfolk is. There's a reason they're no folk, you know. <laughs> no folk's bad folk. You know, when there's when there's teams like Myrtle Beach running around, running things, and losing ultimates to Minnesota, you know, that's what it is. Norfolk's not going to catch up. They got a lot of work to do to catch up to these two powerhouses. And now that London's in the mix, woo, Norfolk's in trouble. I'll just say that. All right, number three from Frick. If there was another GM you'd like to GM with, who would it be and why? Ooh, frick. Frick, 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 frick. I would honestly, out of all the GMs, other than, I mean, I would love to be back with Frost again. That'd be great. Actually be a GM with Corey would be great. Uh, being a GM with pretty much all the DSFL GMs would be great. Uh, on the NSFL level. I mean, obviously, I'd love to GM with Frick or TH or, you know, any of the Oko boys. I mean, it's just great people all around. I would probably really, really love to GM what? Wolkers. Wolkers, Wal- Welkers, whatever his name is, because, you know, never time I say it, he says I say it wrong. Wolkers. But basically, he would be amazing to GM with. The, the dude works so hard for his team, he works so hard to win, so hard to be successful, and I, I just love that drive. I love that every day he's here talking, trying to get his players pumped up, ready to go, making sure they're earning, making sure they're happy. And I just I just love the atmosphere he builds. Him, him, Frost and Corey really build a strong, strong locker room that players just love to be with and that play people want to play for. You know, there was the whole tampering nonsense everyone thought that, oh Bertle Beach is tampering because they're fun to talk to, you know? It, it's it's just something that building a locker room builds a good team. Austin proved that. Minnesota's proved that. Myrtle Beach has proved that. If you have a locker room that people want to be a part of, you'll have a team that wins. They might not have the highest TPE players. They might not have the most active guys that are earning max earners, but they'll have players that are there every single day doing what they can, and they'll win. And that's things that I would love to be a part of. So if it comes to working with Walkers to help build something like that or getting back with Frost or working with Corey to build these teams, that's what I'd love to. Out of all the people, I would love to be a part of that and see something grow and be so amazing. Frick's final question, bees? Question mark. Bees. Now the thing with bees, bees make honey. Honey makes everything taste better. So yeah, bees, Frick. Bees. All right, but Final person asking the question here. Modern Duke. Thoughts on the expansion team's location and branding. Who did better? Well, I'm going to start off with the London Royals. I love that we decided to go, you know, overseas. We decided to jump over the pond. You know, London's always the whole, oh, NFL's going to London. Let's go to London. But I really love this logo. Uh, London Royals, kind of a man name, you know, nothing too out there, nothing too crazy exotic. But I love that logo, that black and gold with the lion is really crisp, and then that that R logo they have with the lion. I wonder who uh, who, who found that one. That was that was that's perfect, you know. I, I just love that. I love the brand. I mean, I know we have black and gold with with the pythons, and I know Franchi said he's gonna throw white in there, make it more of a white and gold, which would be. Gorgeous, you know, like a, like a gold Power Ranger. But I love it. I, I really do. It's something we haven't. We don't have a lion logo. I mean, I guess we have wherever the saber cat's muddy logo is. But it's it's something that I really like. It. It's got a nice crisp look. It looks very new and modern while also looking classic, and I, I love it. You know, I think that's really that's really nice. And now for the, the Dallas Bird Dogs. Why do we love Texas so much? This is, what, like our fourth Texas team, I think. (laughs) We have, like, two teams on the Southeast, and everyone keeps going to Texas or trying to go to Canada or or Midwest. I think we need to expand our our horizons a little more, guys. I know you have got a bunch of Midwest people in this league, but the Southeast needs some more love. But the Bird Dogs logo, I don't know. I, I like the blue and yellow color scheme. I like the, the blue and gold or whatever their colors are. I like it. Bird dogs. I think it's kind of their name is more of a forced rivalry with the gray ducks. You know, since bird dogs are getting ducks that are shot by hunters, so I think it's something they're trying to force this rivalry. If they're going to be, they're going to be the rival for Minnesota. When I think they're better off rivaling, rivaling Kansas City, especially starting out. And it's a, it's a weird name. It might grow on me gray ducks I kind of took a little bit too I like gray ducks because that's what people in Minnesota called geese because they don't have internet in Minnesota uh, bird dogs I think it's kind of trying to get that that that's country vibe Dallas bird dogs kind of iffy maybe it was like Nashville bird dogs or Kentucky bird dogs or West Virginia bird dogs I don't know bird dogs though it's it's a name that's gonna have to grow on me you know the the BDs I guess um their logo <laughs> their logo it, it every time I look at it I feel like the person had a golden retriever that died and they wanted to get a painting of it to, to memorialize it so they it's, it was like someone painted a dog to hang over like an urn or something of the dog's remains and it's not even like a cool aggressive dog that's like oh yeah I mean it's a cool dog sports logo it just looks sad like it looks like. It looks like it's trying to look stoic, but it's just—it just looks like this poor dog was was is like 13 years old and died, and someone just got a painting of it so they can cry at when they look at it. Uh, I know we've kind of joked about the blue they kind of put in, you know, they colored in the blue nose. I see what they were shooting for, try to give it a little bit more of a team look, a team color. I I don't know. I think I think they could have went with a more A more sporty logo. This looks like something you would buy on a T-shirt, than would like an actual logo you'd see on a helmet. The circles around it—they put the little blue and yellow circles. I know it's to get their team color in there, but it makes it more. It looks more like a shoulder patch than it would an actual full-time logo. You know, it looks like something you'd see, like on a baseball logo that you'd see on a shoulder. It doesn't actually look like something you'd wear every day. Almost like. You know, these, there's these football teams that have their logo on their helmet, that's their main logo, but they have a secondary logo that they use on, like, T-shirts and other merchandise around the stadium. That's kind of what this logo looks like. But I, I would definitely have to say London. London is the better of the two designs. They're, that logo, every time I see that logo, it's just so nice. That that black and gold, which really is not even a black. It's almost like a dark gray, which I know is black, but it, it just looks almost like carbon fiber more than it does an actual black now modern duke's last question is do you expect an nsfl expansion too definitely there's definitely especially bringing in 200 plus new prospects following an 100 prospect class there there's no way we can go on without having at least two more teams uh when we when we're looking at our roster right now, we maybe have two holes that we legitimately need to fill. And I, I'd hate to draft, you know, 10 guys this year, 20 guys next year and send 30 of them down to the DSFL to sit for a year, two, three, four years. You know, we definitely need two more play, two more teams. We have the people out there that want to be GMs. We have GMs in DSFL that have proven themselves that can be NSFL GMs. And we have the players that are active, ready to go, ready to play. And I don't see what's wrong with going to two more teams. getting some more competition, opening the playoffs up maybe a little bit, getting more games. You know, I, I think that's something we definitely could go to, and it'd be something more fun to enjoy. So hopefully, HO hopefully does decide to go to that expansion, because I would love to see two more teams in, this, in SFL. Alright guys, it looks like that is our last question that you guys have asked me. I know I kind of threw this on last minute, so many of you didn't get your questions in maybe i'll do this again if i get a good reception but uh thank you guys i'm glad you listened if you're here to the end uh i'm gonna say something that you know i'm I'm gonna come up a word so i know you finished it you know maybe i say like if if you see if if you finish this maybe tell me banana pudding is better with banana pudding mix Then I'll know you actually finished this because some people might just listen to, oh, I heard my name. I heard my question, and I'm done. So if you actually finish this, I want you to PM me or tell me in a general chat or whatever. Tag me and say, banana pudding is better with banana pudding mix. All right, guys. Uh, it's been Hall, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this, and hope everyone has a good day. See ya.